Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes in, I don't want to say in the travel community, but sometimes when people are posting about travel, it's kind of like we make it seem like there's only this way of doing it and this is the best way of doing it. And I just think everyone is different. Like I solo travel, but I know there's people that may not thrive solo traveling. They might always want to travel with a friend, which is completely fine. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Okay, so hi, I'm Sarah. Um, I am, ooh, how do I describe myself? I call myself British Nigerian, but I am, I was born and raised in the UK, but with Nigerian um, heritage. And the name of my business is Sarah Toyin, which is a travel and lifestyle blog. But it's not just a travel and lifestyle blog. You are a poster child for the petite travelers. (laughs) (laughs) You could say that, yes. (laughs) I am five foot one. Well, um, yeah, five foot one. In the UK, we use feet, so five foot one. Yeah. Well, in America, we do as well. So if you gave me... Oh, okay. (laughs) that other measurement i wasn't gonna know that Ah, (laughs) for some reason yeah i thought you used a different metric system okay i'm wrong sorry (laughs) well i I think that some of them are different uh but just maybe Mm. not that one (laughs) okay (laughs) like you use kilometers instead of miles yeah okay okay so stuff like that but yeah so you get down with team petite (laughs) (laughs) so five one um what has it been like for you experiencing life through that petite frame of mind um to be honest I never thought about my height when I first started traveling (laughs) it wasn't until someone mentioned it to me um, and was kind of like, oh, you sometimes travel solo, you know, you're quite small, or, oh, you better be careful, you know, people think you're uh, younger than you are, because I, I look younger than what I am. Um, so traveling like that, honestly, it has been 
totally fine. I'm, I've just had to be a bit more weary um, of like nighttime. But I think everyone is weary, well, women anyway, um, about when you go out at night and stuff like that. To be honest, it hasn't really changed um, how I travel. I just feel like other people feel like it is a barrier because you just look younger. Like, I'm short and I look younger. So it could make you seem like you're more vulnerable. But generally speaking, it has not really affected me and my travel. I will travel by myself fine <laughs> yeah it's just funny how like people point out stuff about you and you're like i never yeah. thought about that because i'm just like living inside this thing <laughs> yeah. basically yeah but i guess it's like more reflective of maybe their fears or like man if mm. i were that small whatever whatever yeah that's true <laughs> so give us the tea like what's uh where did travel come into your life like did your family travel Hmm. Okay. So, yes. So I feel like I grew up traveling in a way. So, um, from a young age, I don't, I don't want to give like specific ages, but like, I want to say from like eight, seven or eight, we used to go to Nigeria every year for summer and you get about six weeks for the summer break. So we used to go almost every single year. (laughs) Um, and I guess that, that would have been my first kind of remembering of travel um we used to do it every single year we used to do quite a bit of travel then when I was 16 my family moved to Ghana and I went to boarding school in Ghana um the funny thing is during this period I don't think I would have been like yeah my family travels and we travel but as I've grown up I've realized we did travel quite a bit and we even moved abroad uh so from there I guess I continued traveling. I moved abroad again (laughs) when I was 23, moved to South Korea. So by myself this time, without my family. So I guess travel has always been part of my family. And my mom, um, she used to travel all the time. She, because back in the day, she used to like do a lot of buying and selling of like uh, material and stuff like that. So she would always travel to different places. And if we were young, we would go with her traveled a lot when she was pregnant so I think it stems from her she traveled a lot so we just traveled with her if that makes sense yeah uh I think maybe the majority of the ladies who are really into travel like had experienced it in some way shape or form growing up Mm, yeah so your time in Ghana like left a really big impression on you um you said you went to boarding school there, but you also were saved in Ghana. Yes. So, yeah, Ghana has a very special place in my heart. Um, I, the funny thing is, when I moved, first moved to Ghana, I was 16, um, and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, not because of I didn't like Ghana. I think I was just a teenager, and I didn't understand why I was moving from London, um, the UK. <laughs> you're a teenager you didn't like anything (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I was literally moving halfway across the world I have we used to visit when we were younger but I we had never actually lived there consistently and I was going to boarding school there I wasn't just staying at home so yeah um but then my second year I loved it and I want to say from the transitions of first second year is when I met uh, people in my school 
that were Christians, um, and they just kind of showed they ba- they basically showed me because I had always considered myself Christian, but I never really read the Bible or anything like that or prayed, and they just kind of showed me that. Um, that I really was not really, if I really called myself Christian and professing, that um, I really wasn't doing what I am supposed to be doing. So they kind of, I don't know, I just, they they really um, just encouraged me to kind of read my Bible. Um, and from there, I read the Gospels. And yeah, literally from there, the Lord saved me. And from, I don't know, from that, I have such a wonderful um memory of Ghana but it's not just that I just met so many amazing people in Ghana it's a completely different way of living that I don't think I had ever seen before like I had visited Nigeria before but to actually live um among so I was living with my friends and I just kind of learned the way of life but yeah yeah the Lord saved me in Ghana and I just learned a different way of life completely a lot slower I feel like a lot chiller (laughs) than yeah where I am now (laughs) I know sometimes like it's hard to put experiences into words but I'm really curious about like what is so different you said it's a completely different way of life and from like you've you said you're uh I read something you said you're like not a country counter like you don't keep track of how many countries you visited but yeah but you've seen places (laughs) like I know you've been to a bunch of different places so I'm, I'm really yeah. curious about how the way of life is different there. I don't know if you can describe that. Yeah, so I would say, okay, one of the main things for me is that life is, um, people are busy everywhere, but I just feel like life is a bit, was a bit slower there. Um, although I would say Ghana is just a lot slower. So if I compare it to Nigeria, Nigerians in Nigeria are a lot more rush, rush, rush. Ghana is a lot chiller. Um I live in London and it's a city, it's like a New York or, and it's just really busy. We're always doing something, always busy, we're always on the go. Over there, it was a lot more chiller. You could say that there's a lot more fresh fruit, fruit available. Things are a bit more cheaper. So, obviously, this is, I don't want to say this is just a general experience for everyone, but um, there was opportunities because it was cheaper to live out there um people are more readily available to like build a house buy land um that sort of thing it's easier um in a way to purchase a land build than i mean in the uk you're not buying your own land you're not doing that you can't do that basically um but obviously this is not the experience for everyone but it is that it is different in in a way there are some similarities but it is very different i would also say that um, in terms of getting around you need to drive in ghana everywhere in the uk there's consistent transport so there are pros and cons but generally speaking i feel like life was a lot chiller when i was in ghana (laughs) okay you you also talked about like uh, a little bit about the year of the return. You said that you hope that with this essentially like a marketing campaign where Ghana is trying yeah. to get more people to come, you hope that the people there are receiving the benefit of yeah this call to people yeah. for people to return. 
obviously I'm so proud of Ghana like the whole campaign the the way it's been I feel like it's been done quite professionally it just looks good and I love like the marketing and everything but I'm just my hope is that all of this does feed and it should do to some aspects to some in some way back into the economy which I'm hoping it will then also help to help locals um in whatever capacity they can the government can help I'm just hoping that it does benefit the country as a whole um obviously there's pros and cons to tourism in general but I'm just really really hoping that it's not just like a, a campaign that obviously generates money and then no one knows where the money went yeah this is my hope I really hope it and this this is a whole another topic on the content about well, Africa yeah. but <laughs> because a lot of times but, what happens is the politicians pocket the money and the people yes. don't see that yeah so that's that is I'm really I'm that is my hope because yeah. I really love what they're doing but I'm just hoping that it, we see it the benefits yeah, yeah. so but like um I guess you could call it like ethical travel, perhaps. Yeah. Or yeah. Maybe lend, lending towards sustainability. Um, there's a yeah. product that you use. I don't know if you still, but Alafia um, skincare mm. products. And yes. Yeah, you wanted to support the brand because they reduce maternal death rate in Togo. And so you say yes. you were trying to be more responsible with the products that you use. So it looks like you're you're trying to be conscious about the footprint that you leave. Yes. Um, so I try. I cannot say I'm perfect in any way, shape, or form. Um, where I see, I can. And especially, I guess, especially with the continent of Africa, <laughs> I guess it's kind of just, I just see so much potential. So I'm always... So in specific Alafia, when I came across Alafia, I was just like, oh my gosh, like there are products that um, give back and it, it wasn't just like maternals, also towards education. Um, they do eyeglasses, quite, quite a, like yes. they, they had a bunch of, yeah. Yes, it's amazing. So yeah, I still, I do still use Alafia. Um, I use the face wash, face cream. I use two face creams. Um, for their, from their product line and yeah I really appreciate what they're doing um, and also I I don't know if this is controversial but I really love the fact that um, the owner I think it started off with a man and, and his wife the man anyway it's, it's kind of like a black owned to some extent business so I was just like great and it's feeding back into the continent per great but yeah I do so I wouldn't say I'm perfect in any way in terms of ethical um, products, but I do try here and there. If it's contributing or giving back, I will try, but I'm not perfect in any way in this area. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, so I want to ask you about something, but first I'm going to say something else. <laughs> so the way, the way that you talk a little bit, now just a little bit and then like some of your instagram posts it's like it's like you're trying to protect yourself from mean comments oh <laughs> it's like you oh, try it's like now? a little bit just like i'm not perfect mm. but 
It's just like like somebody would actually walk into your bathroom and like look at it and be like, okay, but not this one. Okay, but not this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but like, no, but like with what... your Instagram post, like you posted a photo of yourself, which you rarely do. And you were like, yeah, I know my elbow's ashy, but like that's life, right? But it's like, so you yeah. come around and it's like you try to say something about it before somebody else says it. And I was just curious no, about that. No, do you know what? I always, you know, I always tell someone, I'm like, the online world, it's, some people are crazy, like, not in a bad way, but like, the online, I don't even know, I'm actually, to be, I'm, I'm actually a very, okay, I'm a very private person, so for me to even be on Instagram, Twitter, sharing, obviously, I only really do share my travels, um, i I do share other things, maybe what I'm watching or X, Y, Z, but probably nothing else, nothing more. So even from the fact that I'm post, I, if you go on my Instagram feed, I initially never used to post a picture of myself. It wasn't until I was kind of like, okay, this needs to be a bit more personable. So, and I had read somewhere that, you know, people do like to see you. So I started to post pictures of myself. Um, even now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm posting photos of me <laughs> on my Instagram. Um, yeah, so I feel like I get what you're saying. I will say, I'll be like, oh, I've noticed this. Someone else will notice this. So let me just point this out before someone else comments below. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I can do that at times. That's a very good observation, actually. <laughs> but like, have they ever? Like, I just could never imagine someone coming for you. Like, <laughs> they have not. <laughs> but I guess I'm probably like in a like a oh let me just say that just in case. But that is you. That is a very good observation. <laughs> I, was, I was just curious about where it came from because this is you know what I do. Mm. <laughs> it's just like was she because then there was like the the height thing. I was like was she bullied? Like who who was messing with Sarah? Uh, who, uh, who needs to come get some of these knocks upside the head? <laughs> my height um to to be honest no one I didn't really get bullied over height but I think I've all it's always been made a point that I'm small Hmm. um and I feel like I guess now I'm a lot older so I am 27 people do not know I'm I'm still 19 so when I meet (laughs) they always kind of talk to me like I'm a child especially when I'm among my peers so I'm 27 Um. so I might be among my peers and they might talk if we have never met and they don't know who I am like or I mean how old I am they might talk to me I think people do this unconsciously but you kind of talk to people younger than you kind of like condescending in a yeah way which is something I've just had to get used to and I'll just laugh it off I guess but yeah, I just laugh stuff like that off. But um, it's something that I have noticed. But it's I know people are not doing it on purpose. It's just kind of an unconscious thing that people do. I mean, you being nice, some people are doing it on purpose. Like even if <laughs> even if you are younger, it doesn't mean you don't know nothing, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. why would you talk to people like that? I find it really interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just an unconscious thing, or maybe in the culture that I have grown up in, where kind of. And it's not even in a mean way. It's, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that was that. I just, that was just interesting to me. Um, (laughs) 
but we were talking about you. The question that I have for you was about you want about your idea about the African diaspora helping mm-hmm. development in Africa because we were talking about mm-hmm. Ghana. Yeah. yeah. So, what are your ideas around that? Like, do you feel that that is something that people are? are interested in that they're already doing that you hope to be able to scale? Like, are those conversations mm. that you have? Yeah. So I feel like this is something that people are already doing um, in terms of, so um, I've heard of, know of, and have just seen online quite a few people wanting to like move back or move to a country in Africa or have already gone. They've already moved. Um, or maybe some people don't necessarily want to relocate, but they do want to start a business, or they um, start a business in the economy where they can, I guess, employ people or provide a new um, product to the um, country, etc. Stuff, stuff like that. So um, I know. So sometimes I talk to people, um, and people we talk about, yeah, in the future we would love to go back. Um, I know people that say, yeah, we live in the UK now. Let's get all the knowledge that we have. Let's use up all our resources and then go back, you know, and contribute to where we can. But I guess it, these are questions that we have, right? How do we do that and not do it in a... Uh, what's in a... Colonizing? <laughs> yes. In a, it, that, that, that is, but that's true in a very kind of savior-like way. True to your, true to your British roots, though, because that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but because i i feel like sometimes we can do that unconsciously kind of like yeah and it's, it's within good intentions like yeah i want to go back and i just want to do this and yeah but you know you you can contribute you can help but you are not going to be the person who comes in and makes all these amazing changes and then you sit helped the economy there's it's every country in africa there's it's every country in africa is so complex and so different um goes back to the history the economy the government everything the way things work very different so we come from maybe for example say i come from the uk and i go to nigeria ghana and i'm trying to make things the way they are in the uk um these things take time um they don't have the exact same resources they don't have the exact same government like it's everything's different so you kind of have to I believe you have to navigate it differently and I did have a blog post like it was five things the diaspora should consider before considering moving back and it was from a uh, panel so it was from like a conference called uh, black young professionals and this was a, a topic and it was a very interesting panel because a lot of people are interested in moving back um, or contributing so I don't know. It's 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 a really great discussion to have around how you how we can do that. People that are techie, <laughs> you know, um, considering to move back. Just I don't know. Just different things that you can offer. If there's anything you can offer, you could be of use. Yeah, yeah. I think also like infrastructure. Yes. Assistance. Not I don't. Yes. I, but I don't know. Like you said, it can be like condescending to think that mm. your idea like you want the london bus system in ghana yeah but right maybe that's not that may not work right yeah, and it may not be what they need exactly yeah. 
Yeah, so right now anyway or in the future they may you know it's it's time i don't know one thing i always like to point out to people because people always say why isn't this country or like ghana nigeria at this point we should be here and i just always have to point out how many years after independence are these countries it hasn't been long like i don't think it's fair to compare them to we, for example, the UK. I don't think it's fair, and people always love to make the comparison, and I just don't think it's fair. Mm-mm. Nah, yeah. one bit. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's. I think that that's really important. People think that we are so. I don't know. I guess it's a um, a generation t- type thing. Mm. So you know, these new kids come through. <laughs> <laughs> don't know a damn thing like we didn't know a lot of things because we're not accurately taught the history because most of the time Mm. like you know we're just 16 trying to get our first kiss or you know trying not to be (laughs) made fun of for wearing knockoff shoes stuff like that or you know you go to school and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life it's like your 20s are you are you are in a, a bit of a war trying to understand and figure out so much and there's so much that we still don't know <laughs> you know mm. so having that worldview a, a, a lot of kids have that worldview which is really dope um, a lot of revolution mm. comes from you know younger folks they have the energy to be up in people's faces and protesting and all of that stuff mm. but I, I, I think that it's just more nuanced than that it's, it's more yeah. intricate than yeah yeah but yeah, so you actually, after you returned from Ghana back to London, um, you continued with your education and then you went to Korea. So Korea was your first solo travel? Yes, it was. Um, funny enough, I never actually considered it solo travel, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was my first solo travel um trip and it was moving abroad yeah so you taught english there for a year yes i did i did what was your experience like okay (laughs) (laughs) no do you know what i always tell people that i loved my time in south korea Mm -hmm. um i so a lot of people that go to south korea kind of have a love initial love for the culture I moved to South Korea not really knowing that much about so about Korea. So obviously I had researched and I had looked into it, but I wasn't I didn't listen to Korean pop. Like I had only just started to watch Korean dramas properly. So when I lived in Ghana, I had a Korean friend in my boarding school and she introduced us to Korean dramas, but even back then I didn't know it was a Korean drama. I just knew it was an Asian drama. So um, before I moved, um, I didn't really have any proper expectations. I didn't have, or should I say, really high expectations because I wasn't watching these things like, oh my gosh, it has to be like what I just watched in this drama. So I went and it was amazing. I really loved my time. It had its pros and cons. Generally, everyone treated me well. Um, I did have a few experiences where... Uh, I guess one time in a train, an older woman, so um, an ajuma, 
they would call her Ajima, like a grandma. Um, she must have seen me, her face. She was so scared of me. And I was so funny because I was like, I do not look scary. I know I'm not scary. But she literally looked at me. You could see her eyes kind of widen. And she just walked really fast. She paced to the end of the carriage in the opposite direction to me. And I was the only black person on the train. So I knew it was me. Um, but those kind of experiences that I had were not that much. I did get stares and they were mainly from either really young kids or the older generation. I feel like the youth are used to the media. Um, so although they may have never met a black person before, it's not like they've never seen one on TV or they kind of engage with the music and although a lot of it is American so that's another thing a lot of them couldn't get their head around the fact that I was black and British <laughs> black yeah. and British no, why does she talk like that why is yeah. she talking like that that's weird yeah yeah or um it was so interesting because they'll ask me where you're from and I'll be like oh you know I'm from the UK yeah the UK and they'll be like, huh? And I'll be like, so my parents are Nigerian, so I'm technically Nigerian, but I was born and raised in the UK. They're like, ah, oh, okay. You're not. I mean, you are, but you're not. <laughs> well, I can't tell you how. <laughs> I can't tell you how to identify. But it's just like. Yeah. So Do you hear so yourself? Like, your accent is London all day. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting because how I identify myself is different depending on who talks to me. Uh. So in the UK... When someone's in the UK, we always ask each other where you're from. We're all British, but we all say where you're from, because we all know like we're we're all originally from somewhere else. So we naturally say, "Oh, I'm Nigerian. I'm Ghanaian. I'm Indian. I'm." So we all identify like that. But if we're abroad, we would be like, "Oh, yeah, we're from the UK. I'm British," but then I would never say I'm English. So it's like. <laughs> It's it's a whole identifying yourself is very interesting. Well, wait, 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 wait. I just call my, when yeah. you when you say we who who is the other? Uh, <laughs> we. I guess um, I guess I should say would I say it second gen kids? So where our parents kind of immigrated here. All right, so other and, black folks. Yeah, where yes, are you from? Black. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, where are you from? And maybe not even just black, like also Asian kids um, where the parents have immigrated as well. Oh. I feel like here, everyone who is not necessarily white, we all kind of ask each other, where are you from? And even though, even um, other white people here also, they may not be English either. It's very interesting how we all kind of ask each other, where are you from? <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. But, um... But when we're abroad, we would, I wouldn't say British Nigerian. I would, I normally don't say, I just say British because it's just easier to, it's just a straight answer. It's so much simpler because I don't have to explain anything, but that's, maybe that's (laughs) me being lazy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But in Korea, that's what I'd just be like, yeah, from the UK. But funny enough, they, um, there were some times when I would actually just say Nigerian and I got really good responses. I was kind of sc- not not, um, not scared, but in, um, if we're going to be realistic, some countries have uh, not a great view of some Nigerians. So 
the responses that I got were really, really nice. They'll be like, oh my gosh, you're Nigerian? Oh my gosh, yeah, I know this Nigerian from here and um, I really like them. And you'll be like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I don't know what else to say, but I'll be like, oh, that's amazing, great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's really interesting, like, um, just, I guess my time in Korea was very, very interesting. People, you learn um, that they have a lot of stereotypes about black people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just, they, black people can sing, we can dance, we're good at sport. You know the general gen, um, generalizations. But normally, if I came into contact with someone like that, I would just, I would normally be like, mm, we we can't, not everyone can. I'll just kind of try to correct them in a nice way, like no. Um, so it was re- but generally speaking I loved my time my landlords were amazing they were actually also Christian my co-teacher who I taught with was so lovely I got to know her family she invited me into her home um, she took me everywhere with her she was so lovely she was actually also a Christian so it was quite nice like they really treated me well yeah you'll get stares yeah you might get a few comments um, that you kind of have to correct but generally speaking I had a really wonderful time that's my own experience though why yeah. why Korea why did you choose Korea so this is interesting so the reason why I okay there's actually no reason why I chose Korea I can't even (laughs) this sounds really bad so I said that I didn't have like an affinity to the culture like I wasn't like oh my gosh Korea I was actually considering Japan before I just knew that I wanted to go abroad I wanted to um, teach abroad and I wanted a program that would give me good benefits and Korea was that Um, with I went with EPIC which is English program in Korea it's the government program they reimburse your flights they give you an apartment to stay in you have a salary, um, you go on an eight-day orientation. They basic. You also get severance pay, which is, th- I guess, a 13-month pay when you if you decide to leave, or you get a resigning pay, 13-month, if you decide to sign another one-year contract. They provide you with um, quite decent benefits for someone who wants to move abroad, like, you have certain things set up for you. You're not now trying to figure out, oh my gosh, where am I going to work? Where am I going to stay? They set that up for you. So I actually went to Korea because I just thought the package was great. Honestly, it wasn't necessarily the country itself. I just knew I wanted to go to Asia um, um, in that area. But I can't, I'll be lying if I said, oh my gosh, I chose Korea because I just loved the... I don't know the food or something that wasn't the initial reason but when I got there I did event I really enjoyed my time I really loved the culture and I really enjoyed the people and I enjoyed the food so but beforehand no it wasn't it was they had great benefits (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's important as well right to feel like you have an infrastructure like you have yes the the support that you need I think that if people focus more on that when they're thinking of travel and how they want to travel. And that's something I know you advocate as well. Um, Like I saw a post where you were just like, listen, everybody's talking about solo travel, honey, if that's not for you, that's not for you. (laughs) You need to be comfortable how you travel. So Yeah. 
I feel like sometimes in, I don't want to say in the travel community, but sometimes when people are posting about travel, it's kind of like we make it seem like there's only this way of doing it and this is the best way of doing it. And I just think everyone is different. Like I solo travel, but I know there's people that may not thrive solo traveling. They might always want to travel with a friend, which is completely fine. I do both. I like both, but you may not. It's, I don't know, there's different ways of traveling. You, I, I feel like I can introduce you to the different ways I travel and show you how I do it, but it's not to force you to do it. You can try it, and if you like it, you can keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. That makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about your time. In, uh, so after, after Korea, you decided not to extend it, and you went back. So you didn't want to continue to try and teach in another country or do something else do you, in Asia? Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I was con- I was considering it. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at Thailand. Um, I had looked at China as well. But what... Uh, the thing that I was thinking about, which I hear a lot of... It happens to quite a few people when they go abroad sometimes, is what is my long-term goal? Um, so what is it where do I see myself maybe five years from now and how is this going to help me in that long term Um, so I was like oh I think about teaching Thailand maybe China but I kept hesitating and the thing is I didn't hesitate to move to Korea Um, although it was a huge huge step um, I really didn't really hesitate I just kind of applied and I was like if I get it I'm going to go but when I was looking at Thailand and China, I was like, mm, I was um and ring and I had um, applied to come back and do a master's in the UK, and I got it. So I was like, mm, it's either I teach, continue teaching in another country, or I come back and do my master's in the UK, and I decided to come back. So that was the reason why I didn't. If I wasn't doing my master's, I probably would have stayed in Korea for another year, but I came back to do my master's in the UK, which is why I guess I didn't continue teaching. Yeah. Okay. You talked about when you did graduate that you graduated graduated with distinction, even yes. though you thought you were going to fail. Oh my gosh! <laughs> What's the story on that? <laughs> How you go from oh. one to the other? <laughs> I thought I was going to fail. Um, it was stress, man. So I, I, uh, this is a word of warning. If you're going to do a grad, a post grad degree, master degree prepare yourself because I just I don't know why I was like yeah you know I've done my undergrad like what's the master's it's going to be harder but it's not going to be as hard like it's going to be fine it's a lot of work and I guess in the UK our master degree is one year it's it's kind of like they've crammed it all into one year whereas I think in America maybe I know that it's a bit longer um yeah it is a huge step up and at the same time I was working so I guess I eventually got a job in so I work in media and I and that was what I was studying so I eventually got a job in media but I was also I was still studying so I was technically working full-time while doing my master's and it was just it was just really stressful (laughs) so doing my dissertation I just I found it so hard to do because after coming back from work, you're tired. 
but I just had to make time for it. Weekends, my social life was not on as great as it would have been before. And I really wasn't traveling like I, I wasn't traveling at all. Actually, during that year, I traveled once, which was huge for me. Um, and I even had to fit that travel in. I was like, I'm going somewhere. I have to go somewhere. Um, and I just booked a flight somewhere. But and it was actually to Luxembourg. It was not far from me. It cost me £20. <laughs> but I went and I just had to go somewhere. But, yeah, I just, it was just really stressful. And it's funny because, yeah, grad school is just a lot of work. And if you're working full time as well, it's just really, really stressful. So I met with my supervisor. I want to say about two weeks before the deadline of a dissertation, which is the final bit of work. It counts for a lot of your mark. And she basically was looking at me like, what have you done so far? And I kind of showed her and she was like, you really need to get on, get on it. This is not enough. Like, you need to be on it. You need to understand it's two weeks till my <laughs> submission. Um, and this is what a twelve to fifteen thousand word dissertation. I was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what? I was so disheartened. I can't even lie. But I'm just really thankful. So I prayed about it, and I just got on with it. I just asked God to help me to give me the strength to do it. And in His grace, I was able. I finished the distinction. Like I'm just so thankful. <laughs> yeah, so so thankful. So what yeah. what happened? What gave you the whatever you the, needed? Did um because plenty of people pray I, and they fail. <laughs> uh, do, do you know what? I was like, there's no way I didn't do all this work. I didn't spend my year and this money to fail. No way. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no way. And I was just like, I'm just gonna have to like do my best so I could cry the next two weeks and be like oh my gosh I'm not gonna do it oh my gosh I'm never gonna submit but really like try like try and even my to be honest my supervisor was like you need to get on it but she also said I understand because you're actually working full-time and she was just like do your try to do your best like to be honest you just need to pass right now if you're really really struggling but what I did was I basically took I think I took five or six days off work. So I just took a straight week off. And I want to say I was working around the clock for that week. Um, I was really, really working. I think I was waking up. I don't know what time, sleeping what time. But I just grinded. That's all I can say. By God's grace, I grinded. Really did grind. Um, And I did, I put in work. I I will say I really did put in work. If someone's calling me, we need to go out, I'm not going out. <laughs> if someone's like, hey, Sarah, I'm not doing that. I have I have priorities and I have things to do. I did not spend my time and my money to fail. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like, I didn't, I honestly didn't think I would get a distinction. I thought maybe a merit, but I finished with a distinction. I was really thankful. So, yeah. Worked that out, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And your trip to Luxembourg that you took, that was actually your first solo European trip. Yes. So I had gone to Asia, done whatever I wanted to do there, but I had never, ever traveled solo in Europe. And it was I was doing my master at the time, and I was like, I haven't traveled. Like, It was like getting to like May, and I was like, I have no trips planned. I'm not traveling. I just want a Skyscanner, and I looked for... So you know on Skyscanner, you can look for anywhere in the world, cheapest month, 
and Luxembourg came up and it was £20. And I was just like, I'm right now, I'm I'm just going to book that and I'm going to go. And I went for, I think, three days or three or four days. And it was so nice. It, I don't know, it made the world of difference. Like, I had shut off from my studying. I just went away and I travelled. Um, and even my first solo trip in Europe, yeah, I, it was just really, really good for me to do. I just love traveling. <laughs> so, yeah. To, yeah. If you have your head down and you've cut yourself off from the things that you love, your social life, yeah. the travel, then you can make things miserable. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like a really random side note kind of thing. Um, when you were 13, you traveled to Atlanta. I spent <laughs> quite a few years there. And you said something that stuck out to you is you were wondering why all the men were wearing oversized shirts. <laughs> when I tell you I read that and it took me all the way out, I was like, oh my God, that is hilarious. <laughs> that is so true. It's so funny because I was like thinking back on the trip. Yeah. So I was 13. And so I can remember it. Um, Quite, quite well actually it was a whole family trip we went out to see my aunt she lives she lives in Atlanta and as we were just going out I just kept seeing guys in really big white shirts like it was really really big and I remember asking <laughs> someone like I remember being like why are all the guys wearing really like really big shirts um I was just so I was actually really confused <laughs> but I guess yeah because he I guess in the UK I guess guys might wear clothes that are a bit bigger but it wasn't as big as what i was seeing in atlanta <laughs> it was <laughs> it was so oversized i was like wow okay uh and i think as a 13 year old i was just i would naturally just say it like yeah. i'm like why hi why is yeah, your why? shirt so big mister <laughs> why are they wearing yeah it, i was it was so funny it was so interesting um, there's something that you said. You said the things you love and have a passion for are not a mistake and that you should actually invest time and money in those things. So, Sarah, where is that? You, you <laughs> wrote this in reference to a video you posted of you singing. Oh That's so funny. In 2017. So uh-huh. Yes, so I do, I, mm. Mm -hmm. so I, I like to say I used to sing. I, I grew up like really loving music and singing and I would write here and there um, as a child. But I guess, (laughs) the funny thing is as a child, I really wanted to study. I actually really wanted to study music, but music is not something I was able to study <laughs> um, in my household because music is not considered a subject. Not not that it's not a subject, but where I'm from, I you're not going to... My mum basically was kind of like, you're not studying music. So that's how it went down. But I, I still loved music, so I would sing here and there. And I think that video, I was just like, oh, I just feel like singing. And I just posted it. Um, but I still love singing. I'll still sing. If you know me and you're around me, I'm probably going to, you're going to hear me sing. 
me and my sister actually we both we, we um, love to sing but I guess as I've gotten older I've kind of had to say so I agree invest invest in what you love invest in um your pa- passions etc so in that video you see I have a mic there I I paid for that mic because sometimes I would like record myself and kind of if I had written something I might just sing it see how it sounds xyz but as I've gotten older I've kind of I guess had to look a bit more long term <laughs> and kind of see what what other things do I also like you know I still sing but just not as much as I did when I was younger I guess yeah which is it's really interesting because people do ask me they're like Sarah I just saw one video on your Instagram and you can sing and I'm like I'm okay you know and I don't really sing a lot as much as I did then but I do kind of sing now but I guess I've just kind of invested my time into other things that I do enjoy as well I don't buy that. You don't get to say that. <laughs> listen, don't cut. Listen. We said we were going to sit down and have a conversation, and you come bringing this madness. <laughs> I thought we were friends. You come bring this madness on my show, and that's just unacceptable <laughs> entirely. So, you mean to tell me that that voice that you have, this is the thing. Okay. Whew, I got to calm down. <laughs> so upset right now um you act like the voice that you have everybody has this is the thing about people with talent they take their talent for granted they're like oh everybody can do this when i tell you the video that you did was did you just do that once because like i saw you like cough or something in the middle of it so it seemed like yeah. you just did that video once <laughs> So I don't think I did it once. I think I did it like a couple of times, and I was like, I'm not re-record. I'm not re-re. I was basically like, I'm not going to record this again. I'm. So I just kept that video. I was like, I coughed in it, whatever. So let me just keep it. But it was um, a couple. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing that is making me mad. Okay, so maybe in your household where you grew up, with your mother, maybe she didn't appreciate <laughs> the gravity of what you have because like sure the life of an artist the life of a blogger like the life of anything that we pursue that is outside of the norm can be difficult even a career can be difficult no that's true Um, so so because because you had signals from the people that you loved and trusted growing up that this thing wasn't a big deal does not make it true right this is true but i guess i guess there's a point where i guess to be honest my mum, i think even now there was a point where she's like uh don't you sing anymore like what's happened to your singing i'm like well i mean when you (laughs) snuff a light out and you want that thing to blaze up no, but the thing is, I, I, I lady, always but... say no. I love her. It's just, I guess, I love her it, it means well. No, yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like, I guess, for them, it's kind of like, will this thing make you money? It's like, not practical. Have, oh no. Yeah, we want you to have a good life. So it's kind of, it means well. But I guess also, I feel like there's a point where you kind of have to be like, am I doing this for just a hobby on the side where I just enjoy it, or do I really want to pursue this as a career? 
and why? I I I don't know. I feel like there is a point where someone has to make the decision. Not not that you cannot no longer do it, and I could still make songs and I could still do stuff. But do I really want to try and pursue this as a career? I do. I I don't know. For me anyway, I feel like I've had to kind of sit down and be like, is this something that do you really want to do this as a career? And or do you want to just in create your own songs on the side? And if you post them, you share them with everyone. Fine. And I think I. I actually don't think, funny enough, I came to this conclusion maybe a couple of years ago. I realized that I don't think I would actually want to be a artist artist, like someone who has to sign to a label and then you don't have, um, what do you call it? Control over your artistic. Yeah, stuff like that. And obviously independent artists, they can get by, but really, if you really want to make money you really want to get signed to xyz so it's kind of like i actually said i actually was like actually i don't think i would have actually wanted to be obviously when i was younger maybe but i don't think i would actually want to have been an artist artist i enjoy singing i enjoy like writing and being creative but i don't think i would actually want to be an artist if that makes sense like an actual artist and this is and this is actually genuine like i think i actually said it i was thinking about i was like you know, I don't think I would actually want to be um, in that way. But I do enjoy singing, um, you know. But that's so. the thing. It's like sometimes if you don't have an open mind to explore the thing that you're mm. good at, then you box yourself in. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Like, those are the only things that you are able to do. There are so many possibilities that pay well. Mm. Um regarding singing and hmm. i just I've, <laughs> you know I'm what you're flabbergasted. so many people ask me this question about singing they're mm-hmm. like uh so i saw this one video mm-hmm. on your instagram i'm like yeah 15 I did that, like, years ago, ago. <laughs> yeah, years ago you know you can call me retired and they're like what are you talking about i'm just like look yeah, I just, I, <laughs> look <laughs> don't ask for any autographs i'm over this shit yeah, i don't talk about I it anymore did. I still sing, like, um, but yeah, I don't know, I still sing, I don't know. Girl, ain't nobody down for your your bathroom (laughs) performances. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I know we won't, because (laughs) you are not open to it. You never know, you never know. You never know. All right. Mm. All right, I, I just... Ugh. I just had to say something about it because it was on my spirit. Oh, <laughs> you're so funny. Yeah, I, I, that video is way down on my Instagram. I'm like, where did you see that video? <laughs> my nerves is just, my nerves are a mess. I'm just going to have to <laughs> lay down after this conversation. I'm just completely flabbergasted. <laughs> it just tears apart something inside me. Because it's gorgeous. Would you like to sing something real quick? Go ahead. Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. What? Oh, wow. I'm even nervous. (laughs) Oh, whoa. What do I sing? My voice is not even prepared. Don't you. You've been talking for a good 15 minutes. I ain't even done any, um, what do we call it? Yeah. (laughs) I haven't done anything. Let me see. Oh my gosh. Oh man, I I haven't got nothing for you guys. (laughs) 
we'll see. Um, <clears throat> guys, I haven't, I haven't sang like in front of people in a while, guys. Like, I'm nervous. This is crazy. Cause I, I used to like always sing at school, like talent shows and stuff. Um, now, guys, my voice is not, it's not well right now. <clears throat> you got it. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um. I'm I'm genuinely trying to think of something to sing. <clears throat> Who are some of your favorite artists? I saw you like the show Moesha, so you get down with a little brandy here and there. Oh my gosh, I used to love Moesha. Um, she made me feel cool about my braids at school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, seriously, I used to watch her and be like, oh my gosh, like yeah, I'm cool. Cause she used to have her braids in different styles, Bob. Long, short, pony. Yeah, she had it all. Um, but funny enough, I don't really listen to Brandy like that. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Who should I sing? Hmm. Oh, man. One day you put me on the spot. <laughs> Singer's going to sing. You say you're singing all the time. Somebody's around you. They'll hear you singing. <laughs> we are around you. We want to hear the song. Okay. Put me on this spot. Who do wow. you like? I don't think... You like Beyonce? Um, you like to Rihanna? To be honest... To be honest, my... Born Hill. So, I have a colleague at work that's like... That's like... I only listen to two genres. Which I kind of... Justin so, I'm Bieber. either listening to like... <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm... I'm either listening to like... Like gospel. Like... Like... Christian gospel songs. Uh, maybe like some really old school stuff. I used to love like Jojo and stuff like that back in the day. Or I'm listening to like Afrobeat, like completely different. That's very dance, that's completely different, very dancey um, music. But see if I'm listening to like really old school stuff um, back in the day. I'm trying to think. So yeah, I'm not like a current like music person. Aretha Franklin, Adele. <laughs> Mm. I used to love <laughs> Yeah, I used to like her as well. Yo, one day you put me, we're gonna have to do another uh, <laughs> uh, uh, thing. Where I think I'm trying to think like <clears throat> um Yo Wanda <laughs> Okay, do you know what? I'll sing like uh it's a Christian song. It's actually an African kind of worship song. Okay. It's like a I'll just sing it because I, I think that's a song I would naturally randomly sing. Oh my gosh. Wow, I don't even know what key I'm going to sing in, but we'll see. <clears throat> Whew, child, okay. Um, G. <clears throat> Jehovah, we praise you. I'm not, my voice is not warmed up. Jehovah, we praise you, we praise your name, we praise your name. My voice is not warmed up at all. Jehovah, we praise you. That's my voice not warmed up, but. I gave you something, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes! 
we praise you. Jehovah, we praise you. We praise your name. We praise your name. Jehovah, <coughs> we praise you. Yeah, guys, that's all I can give you. Sorry, I know it's not perfect, but that's what I got. <coughs> we didn't ask for perfection. That was beautiful. <laughs> I tried, but I'm, 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 a, I'm a, I am my biggest critic. So yes, you are. Yes, you so are. So <laughs> that was not that was really not up to par because I can tell you where I didn't. But <clears throat> we we move. <laughs> that was good. It was okay <laughs> for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was on the spot. Uh, and I do know that, you know, you got to get your breathing together and everything for yeah. Le Musique. But I believe that that was, oh, that was really beautiful. Your improvisation. And this is a, a thing that I think maybe, I think mostly black artists, because I think this style of music came from black artists. Uh, the improvisation, where you're doing the runs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Rich, a lot of people, runs. yeah, a lot of people have issues with those. They're they're not flexible vocally enough to be able to do that. Mm. Uh, but it's just training. But we a lot of times just do it naturally because that's mm. that's how we grew up singing. Because a lot yeah. of the artists that we listen to growing up are black, so we imitate them, and so we have that vocal flexibility a lot more easily than other. <clears throat> other folks mm. Mm. so you had talked about wanting to start a side hustle to help people and I just wanted to throw music out there as a way to do that <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah got a plug <laughs> I have an agenda I do people think oh she's open I'm not I have an agenda <laughs> Um, but like, what what have you ha, what have your ideas been about a possible side hustle? You said you have a notes app full of ideas. Like people would be yeah. scrolling for days. So yeah, I'm I'm always like, oh, I could do this, I could do that, I could do photography. Um, because I like doing pictures. Oh, I could do like some editing because I like to edit. Uh, maybe I could work on videography. So I've done random stuff. So I have a friend who does weddings. And um, I was working on it with him to edit some wedding videos, some people's weddings, um, which is a big deal, to be honest. Um, it's someone's wedding. But I did I did do one, um, and it, um, the couple really liked it, and he gave me some really good feedback. But I was just like, this is taking up so much of my time. It, it takes forever to edit a wedding video. Yes. Any video. And yes. Yeah, any video. Mm-hmm. But then like someone's wedding like it's actually I don't know it's quite a big moment in their life and I was like oh my gosh like I do not know if I could do this I don't I don't know if I was really like passionate about editing wedding videos but I do enjoy editing in, in general um what other things did I have in mind just even just like buying and selling stuff 
So um, maybe buying this is this is completely different. But buy you know when things are on sale, and you find you can you can kind of tell this is going to be really popular. There are certain shops in the UK like Topshop and stuff like that, and then you can resell it <laughs> online. If it's sold out in the stores, you can resell it online and you can sell it for a higher price. <laughs> this is all side hustles, everyone. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, yeah, doing stuff like that, even like the blogging was an idea. Um, just different things. I'm even trying to remember what other stuff I had in mind. Like, there was a point where I was thinking about learning how to sew. Um, there was a point. I'm trying to think. Yeah, sewing, I had one. Mm, I'm trying to think. Even, like, writing, doing freelance writing. I feel like there's so many different ways you can do um, have a side hustle. You just have to like... I think you have to like it. Also, I used to do a bit of teaching English online because I have a TEFL certificate. So I used to, I actually used to do that online. Um, yeah, different ways. Some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you currently work in digital media. Uh, you manage yes. YouTube channels for your current position, right? Yes, I do. That is my role. <laughs> um, is it work that you enjoy? Yeah, do you know what? It is, I do enjoy what I do. It's really interesting, and I guess it's not a common job. So everyone has, like, social media jobs. Like, there are social media jobs out there, but I actually only do YouTube. Um, I spend my days on YouTube or looking at analytics um, or stuff like that. But I pretty much am just on YouTube. It is really interesting, and in my company, there's chances to get involved with production if you wanted to or different areas in the company um but yeah generally speaking I think it's really it is a really um interesting role I guess the only thing is that um it's quite niche so um I guess the blogging that I do does help me to be able to have a range of social medias on my cv but generally speaking, yeah, I think it is a quite it's quite a nice role. And media companies, I don't know, media companies try to make the work environment quite fun, I guess, if that's the word. I feel like there's a media company culture and it's to make it kind of fun and new. Um, think of like Google and stuff like that. They try to make it very um, flexible and fun. So, yeah, no, it's cool. It is cool. What what particularly like do you enjoy about it? Um, so I actually enjoy seeing the content that we are. So if I really really like a particular piece of content that or a brand that I'm doing, um, you kind of take on the channel, kind of like we call it our babies in a way, and we need to we're trying to grow the channels. So it's kind of like I really enjoy kind of taking on a channel that I really believe in because <laughs> it's harder if you don't really believe in the channel but if you really believe in the channel and kind of maybe some maybe the um views have dipped and you're just like why like why have they dipped like what's going on like and like going into that and seeing what you can do or just coming up with ideas on how you can improve the channel I guess problem solving that's what 
may we call it problem solving ah. it gives you that opportunity but um i think it's, it's it's a lot easier if you really do enjoy the brand or the um channel you're doing so is your youtube channel popping <clears throat> no so i'm i'm haven't really been doing my youtube i have a youtube channel i started it when i was in south korea but i basically stopped <laughs> funny enough um and then I came back and I got my YouTube, um, the YouTube channel management job, and I just haven't even been doing anything on my own on my own channel. I don't use my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that isn't that the way it always is though? It's like yeah, you it's work really in something, but you don't do it. Like you're a website developer, your website is not that great. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be updated and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so funny because people ask me about it. I'm like, um, don't go on my YouTube, please. <laughs> I'm <just> like, <laughs> yeah but i'm thinking about in the new year maybe starting to upload some um content so i will be in ghana in december january so i'm thinking about making some con starting up making content again because i did like youtube but i don't know if it's because i spend my all my days on youtube i don't want to do it at home <laughs> or um because although i do like it it is work you know so I don't know. We'll see. Well, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, we'll just keep our peepers peeping for the announcement. Yeah. Then. <laughs> um, I like that you said that you like to balance moderation and setting. Wait, wait, wait. Not like to balance. You like balance, moderation, and setting priorities and continuous checks on your mind and your heart. So it sounds like uh, you you talked about like how busy London is and how like busy you can be like in your everyday, but yeah. having those checks it seems does something to yes make your life more lovely. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? Yeah. So I feel like in London, I'm 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 sure this happens in every in large cities around the world, but. In London, it we're just so busy. Like we're so used to commute, commuting for a long time. It takes me like an hour and twenty to get to work, an hour and twenty to get back. That's almost three hours I've used on my day to get to and from work. Excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah, that's why you talk about the trains. You were like, okay, so this train is not meant for snow. <laughs> it's not meant for wet. It's not meant for leaves. You said leaves. Yes. Yeah, that's always. I'm, the thing is, I'm being. This, it sounds funny, but I'm being serious. There's always an issue with a train. Like, so <laughs> it's what you have to deal with, and I can't avoid it because that's the only way to get to work. Wow. And I feel like in London, we're all so used to commuting, so we're all commuting to central London. A lot of us, but it's too expensive to live in central. Yeah. So we all live a bit outside. So we all commute. I know so many people that commute for at least an hour a day, at least. Some people more. Wow yeah so and it's normal here it's not even a thing like <laughs> it's so normal here so we spend a lot of time on transport just going to and from work um so for me having constant checks um i feel like it it can be easy to i don't know how to explain this but kind of checking where my mind and my heart is so i feel like a lot of my checks um, so as a Christian, a lot of it goes back to my faith as well. So where's where where am I 
um, in terms of thankfulness, in terms of, um, I don't know, on my outlook on life, um, um, the way I'm treating other people, um, the way maybe where I'm caring for other people, serving other people, I don't know, just the way, because I feel like in London we can be very, I don't want to say selfish or individualistic and we can be very busy 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 on the way I ain't got, haven't got time for anyone no one I'm just and it's important to spend make time for yourself I'm don't get don't get this um twisted take take time for yourself but I do feel like because we're always so busy um or we feel like we're always so busy we don't we don't think about like slowing down um and just checking where your heart and mind is so for me I know that when I'm constantly busy constantly busy I'm not in a good place in terms of being thankful being grateful for what I have um I'm probably overwhelmed I just take a step back I carve out time time where I have I have no plans for the day but in my calendar it's busy it it marks as busy um and that's just for me to rest um and to take a step back you know and I think it's really important to do that, especially when you live in such a busy city like London. We're always doing something, like something is always going on. And just being able to prioritise. Um, I think it's always also being mindful of yourself, knowing yourself. So I'm an introvert and I know that my people time has a limit, <laughs> if that makes sense. like Absolutely. <laughs> so if I... I go to work fine. If I've done something after work on Monday, I've done something after work on Tuesday, I've done something after work on Wednesday. I know that Thursday and Friday I am not doing anything after work. And Saturday I can make a bit of time. Sundays I have church and I'm 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 happy to go to church, but I have to like kind of know my myself and kind of rejig um so that I rest, so that I make time for rest, but then also I do feel relationships with people are important but prioritizing the relationships that um feed into your life but then you can also feed into other people's lives as well so I feel like prioritizing it's just really important to know where for me anyway do I need to go to this place (laughs) um this event do I need to go how am I doing this week how many times have I gone out this week Okay, Sarah, I don't think you should go. <laughs> um, have, how have you been sleeping, Sarah? <laughs> you have not been sleeping well. You've been sleeping till one or two and work on your blog. I think you need to take a week off of your blog. I, that's, that's, that's just how I talk. To, I not talk to myself, but I really do look at these things. Um, for myself, anyway, that's how I look. Like I have to gauge everything, how I'm doing, prioritising all different things I'm doing. And taking care of myself. <laughs> mm. So it's just like trying to constantly keep yourself well. So you're doing those constant checks to make sure that you're not overextending yourself or putting yourself in a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like we can overwork ourselves. I don't think this is uncommon to hear people kind of burnt out or overworking um because i know i've done it um and honestly it's not really a great place to be (laughs) to be like overworking yourself or being burnt out 
so just making sure that your priorities are straight but for me my not so i guess i guess as a christian my number one priority is god so one of my one of my gauges personally is if i am so busy that i haven't made time to read my bible or i haven't been praying then i've been too busy personally mm-hmm. and those things for me really do bring me draw me back and kind of allow me to take time away from everyone um and kind of rejig my mindset so that is actually probably my number one gauge okay and then there's other then there's other things as well in terms of like sleep etc etc um but yeah i feel like it's really common to be burnt out these days i feel like i don't know everyone's like work and hustle and it is good to hustle and work and grind but take time for yourself as well (laughs) (laughs) so like quality of life like it seems like you are very thoughtful about these things so you say that you prefer smaller towns or to live on the outskirt but it seems like you're living on the outskirt and like that can still be a bit hectic because you have to travel yeah for your work yes 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 um so it's funny um because i don't think i didn't realize this until i moved to korea so in korea i didn't live in seoul i lived in ulsan which is the eighth the eighth largest city in south korea it's by the sea and it's a much smaller city it's small i absolutely loved it there (laughs) um they didn't my city didn't even have a train underground system everything was buses so funny enough it wasn't until i left that i was like oh my gosh like it was so relaxing i didn't really use trains like that i got on a bus and i sat on my bus and got to my destination um where i was working i it was a 15 minute bus ride which i was not used to um so yeah i realized that when i lived abroad that that's what i preferred but i mean i think i think if i worked really close to where i lived it probably wouldn't be um i wouldn't feel like everything's so busy but i do feel like in london just because you have to commute so much it does make it can make life a bit more stressful and it doesn't mean i mean you can have a decent quality of life but I just feel like in I personally just feel like in London we do a lot. We just always we're always doing something, always. So yeah, I do prefer um, smaller. I prefer smaller cities or slower paced cities personally, but I just do not have a choice to live in one <laughs> right now. So why? London, Listen, London is a love. Mm -hmm. the thing is London is a lovely city Mm -hmm. it is actually really lovely Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing for tourists if you're visiting London are you a tourist? no I'm not that's what I mean yeah you know what I don't know and to be honest the area that I live in 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 London is actually a really nice area I love my area I think it's just my commuting it is I really love my area like people like my area too <laughs> um so it's it's funny um but yeah I don't know and I know I know I, I just heard you say what like because I said 
I currently don't have I don't have the opportunity to live. Uh, what I mean is, in terms of job opportunities in the UK, you want to you really want to be in London. I could move outside of London, but you really don't want to be in London though. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like... so funny. It's yeah, it's just my family is here, you know, and um, I think for now, for now, I am okay. Long term, I wouldn't want to stay in London. Long term, I already know that's not my goal, end goal. Um, I would visit, I'll come and go, I'll come and visit, but to permanently be working here, that would not be my ideal. And God willing, I, that will, that it, I will be able to not have to stay in London long we time. know you talk about the weather there you run that weather down <laughs> honey the weather winter, is not the best winter, here winter 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 yeah why is it still winter man I wish I had sunshine I would love to have some sunshine do you remember what it was like having sunshine the sun is in my eyes I don't care I would like to have that all the time like you <laughs> that's so funny you do not like it there you do not like it there the funny is you know what during you like summer, the idea of london but you do not actually like you know what? i would prefer a different place like the funny thing is i guess maybe because my family and friends are here it, it is one of those those things but the funny thing is summer in london you see me i'll be out every single day who cares if i'm an introvert i'll be out every single day in summer come right now i am not going out i'm going um home to work um work home i mean i will go out and see people but i i really love you if i go out in this weather (laughs) (laughs) like no i'm being serious i know no yeah i know i really do love you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so they probably um, know too like oh, yeah wow, she's here wow yeah you know just call me you know <laughs> during the winter <laughs> but um yeah no the uk uh, it's so funny uk is a lovely place but long term uh, god willing not for me <laughs> and everyone around me knows this <laughs> yes they should <laughs> you make it very clear <laughs> Woo. um well i was just telling you that because i care about you so (laughs) i hope you get about that thing family is cute but (laughs) especially like now because like a lot a lot of people like have to care for their family and so they literally but you don't yet you know what i mean yeah you gotta care for them yet so no, it's true. Let's go ahead and pray about it and uh, yes. get that thing popping. <laughs> um, so how was your family when you went to Korea? How were your friends? Were they like, uh, no, you don't get to do that? Um, do you know what? The funny thing is, when I chose, when I was like, I'm applying, I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I just applied. And it wasn't until I got accepted that I made it known. <laughs> yeah so even like my mom like my family like I was like guys I've been accepted to teach in Korea and they're like what are you talking about this is the first time we've heard you speak about it and I was like yeah you know I've been praying about it and I've been looking into it and I applied and I got it so I'm I'm going 
Like, that was actually how I did it. Dang. And, um, <laughs> and everyone was kind of like, what is going on like, with this girl? But um, I, people know me as an introvert. I can be quite, funny thing is, I feel like people, I would call myself a social introvert. So I have no problem walking up to people and saying hi and meeting new people. In a networking situation, I'm fine. Um, but so I'm completely fine that way so wait what was I saying I've gone off my train of thought about how you're a social introvert but you were talking about how you just told your parents and friends that you were going because you got accepted so I think you were explaining like okay I'm gonna re-retrace my steps (laughs) because I don't know what, what I'm talking about right now so I so yeah so I didn't tell anyone until I actually got accepted um yeah so this is it so I think people were shocked that I was doing that they were kind of like Sarah um but Sarah's quiet like Sarah um going away abroad like people were so confused like people were literally like um what's going on here um but to be honest I'm quite when I know what I want to do I'm actually doing it um so i'm very um if i'm indecisive about something i'll be like i'm in an r and "Mm, okay whatever but if i'm telling if i come to you and i say i'm doing this i'm doing it like you can like give me your advice and stuff um and I, i might even take it on like i'll take it on board and i'll look at it but normally when i've made a decision i have sought out like advice from people and i have looked into it so if I made a decision, I made a decision. So I remember telling my mom, and she was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. I'm booking my ticket next week, mom. Like, I'm actually booking my ticket. Um, yeah, like, I don't know what you mean. Like, I, I've been accepted. I'm booking my ticket. And I booked it. <laughs> like, And I think she was just like, what is wrong with this girl? People were just kind of like, oh, okay. Some people were like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Are you sure? Um, and some... Like, my mum was just like, oh, my gosh, like, what is she doing? But I think she eventually, she eventually was okay with it. I sent her some videos. I kind of put her at ease. Like, it's okay. I'm not going to some place where there's nobody there. After and you were what- there. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, so before I got oh. there, I did send her some stuff. Just Uh-oh. so I sent her videos of other people that were currently there. Or, like, pictures and stuff like that because I think some people are confused about South Korea so whenever I said South Korea they'd be like oh, isn't that um they would always be like North Korea and I'd be like no I just said South Korea like <laughs> they would always be like North Korea I'm like no like they're very close I'm like are you sure it's safe so I do understand like they'll be like oh my gosh but we heard nuclear weapons and I'm like yeah but it's fine um, it is it is okay, like, it's completely fine. Um, so I would send, like, videos to my mum and articles and pictures just to keep her at ease. She was she was still a bit like, oh, I don't know. But I was basically like, I'm going. And I went. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I just made a decision. <laughs> yeah. So, um, other, everyone else was kind of cool about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess my mom is, is my mom, so she was a bit like, mm. but 
but she i think after she i got there she even went to she didn't she wasn't able to visit but she was like oh I, i'm thinking about visiting you i, I want to come and see you. but she wasn't able to but the table's turned she wanted to come so it was good so it turned out okay <laughs> i guess she never imagined that her taking you everywhere would <laughs> send you halfway across the world <laughs> yeah it's really interesting because she did she has traveled quite a lot in her life <laughs> do you think that being a black woman has has affected your travel like you personally in your skin with your hair your gorgeous hair oh you got so much hair <laughs> oh no that's not my real hair guys oh oops i mean i'm gonna plug it here Every, everyone can wear Samara hair. I'll, t- I'll let everyone know that's my hair, guys. But, you know, I'll take the compliment. But Ow, it's not my real well, you did a good job picking that hair. <laughs> yeah. That's a great it's hair for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, um, traveling is a Because that's, that's intentional. Like, you could have chosen a straight. Yeah, it, it was intentional. So, my hair is natural. Mm-hmm. It's just not... Um, as long you know so i kind of wanted um i guess to not manipulate my hair as much so i just got a pony and to put on i mean um, so i wanted it to people put yeah. a lot of stress on their hair yeah so i wanted to match my hair basically so yeah but, but uh traveling as a black woman um hmm has it affected my travel I would say yes or no, I guess. So, I yes, the way it affected it is maybe before I travel to places, I always type in black in insert city. Um, before I travel, I always kind of check on how they perceive black women or black people in general. But I feel like this is a very common thing. I've heard that a lot of black people do this. Um, but that's just, that's just for my own safety and my own, um, awareness. Peace of mind. Yeah. So if I'm going somewhere, I am aware of where I should be or where I shouldn't be, which I guess, yeah, just for peace of mind, like you said. Um, but I would say, I'm trying to think of this. So, for example, there's places that I'll be like, oh, I'm not sure I would want to visit, which is a shame. Um, partially, I guess, because of being black. But to be fair, if I really wanted to go somewhere, I would just go. Um, unless I really felt my life would be in danger. Um, so I guess another side of that, I probably have don't have a great desire in visiting um, the place. Or it might be a mixture of two, or it could be I don't have a desire because I feel like their perceptions of black people are not great. I don't know. It's it could be a mixture. Um, but traveling as a black woman has affected my travel. I think that's probably the only way it has really affected my travel. Um, just being more like researching more about what how that country has perceived black people, and even like the history. Like, do they have a, a certain type of history? in terms of black people um because that does affect in the future it may have changed now but you know there could be something there so but i would say also no because um 
like I went to Korea. <laughs> but I guess they didn't treat me badly in Korea, so I can't really say that. Um Hmm like China, like China was a bit different to Korean where people I mean China was nice and but you know, you hear like phone literally flashing like clicks. You're basically a tourist attraction. <laughs> That's a black person in China, in um, in my experience. So, so I would just I think the only way it's really affected me is that I would research extensively about black people in that country before I'd go. Okay. Really. I mean yeah. that's fair. So it's not necessarily like unsavory experiences in person, but it's just a cautiousness that as a black woman, you want to look and see what their perceptions are yeah because that even even negative experiences that i may have had it hasn't really affected the way i travel per se but i guess my negative experiences haven't been terrible experiences like the woman who went to the other side of the train because of me like yeah that was a bit i guess off um not that yeah but i was not in harm i wasn't in harm's way she decided to go to the other side of the train. Um, I took her seat. <laughs> like, you know, um, <laughs> That's her business. <laughs> like, thanks, yeah, girl. I wasn't, so nice. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't in harm's way. I didn't feel threatened. And I haven't travelled anywhere yet where I feel threatened. And I feel like that's where it probably would be an issue if I felt like my life was in danger. But it, it has not happened. So, yeah. I'm fine. Do you have any hobbies or interests that aren't specifically about making money? Hmm. So you could say singing is <laughs> a hobby. Let um, us not start talking about that again. <laughs> Ooh, I had just calmed down. Now you got me all upset. <laughs> um, Netflix. Um, you love yeah, your K drama like- now. And, uh, I know. The Korean Once, when, as well. Yes. <laughs> when I moved to Korea, that's when it went like I started to watch Korean dramas. But I guess that's what was on TV as well. <laughs> um, so I just started to watch. <laughs> yeah, when I lived there, so I just would watch them. Um, but funny enough, I don't really like the. I'm not a romantic Korean drama person. I love their thrillers. <laughs> There's always a romantic element, but I love their thrillers, mm-hmm. thriller fil- um, dramas. Um, yeah, I would say like singing, uh, K dramas. I also love my Nollywood films and my Nigerian films. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess that's what I would do. I would go out with. I tend to eat out with friends quite a bit, um, meet up with people. Um, so I would say that as well. Um, I don't, I don't know if you call it a hobby, but eating out. <laughs> yeah, just trying different places. Um, well, you food. know, food obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess those are, those are the things I would say. Um, you even went so far as to... How am I connecting this? Maybe the Niger films. But you, you had a Yoruba uh, tutor. To, yeah. To improve your, oh. your Yoruba. 
Well, you, you've done your research. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> no, more than a little bit. Yes. Um. So yeah. So I've done uh, quite a few things. So I've done like online tutoring, um, via italki.com. Um, um, I've also done in-person lessons, which I wasn't consistent with. I didn't keep up. I need to go back. But my online sessions, I actually did quite a while. Um, it's just, it's funny. Yeah, I was l- trying to improve my Yoruba. So I understand Yoruba. Um, so if someone's talking to me, my mom or anyone, I, I understand it. But in, you would think that if I understand it, I should be able to speak back. But I can't, to be fair, I can. Just my tones are off. Um, my sentence structure is not the best. So it was kind of like trying to really solidify what I know. It, it's it's a lot harder to learn. I For me anyway, I don't think I'm a language, um, great at languages from what I can see. It's a lot, I feel that's so hard to kind of remember everything and really put everything together um so I'm still working on my Yoruba like my Yoruba is it's not bad like I can form sentences and I can speak basic but if I was going to speak fast or my tones because they're specific tones the way you say it like low and high they're not great but I feel like that's something that you would have learned if you had spoken it from a child so my to be fair, you're normal speaking. Like you seem like you think about each word that you're saying before you say it. So it's not like you're a fast talker anyway. Yeah, but yeah, it's just um, also because of the accent. So I formed an accent, and my accent is British. <laughs> but um, the way you're right spoken, it you have to have a. I don't explain. Not you don't have to have a certain type of accent. But it just works better with the accent. Um, so some, certain sounds, like there's a GB sound. Um, I never, I could not, I could not do it. I have only recently been able to do it after many, many tries of just sitting, sitting down somewhere and trying to do specific <laughs> sounds. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm getting there. I feel like it probably take me a lifetime to um, <laughs> really. Um, get my Yoruba to a, a certain standard but I'm I, slowly like I have slowly improved there was even a point where I was considering uh, moving to Nigeria for a year um to just kind of kind of live I thought it'd be interesting to live there and because it would force me to be around more Yoruba speakers so there are, there are Nigerians here a lot of Nigerians here <laughs> but um it's not that we generally speak Yoruba to one another. Mm-hmm. And even in, I guess, in Nigeria, people don't necessarily just speak Yoruba because there's more more than one language. So everyone speaks English. Um, but I feel like you, yeah, you're more likely to speak to Yoruba. You're more likely to speak in Yoruba to someone in Nigeria and find people rather than here. But like my mom, like my mom speaks to me in Yoruba, but I just speak back to her in English. So, um, yeah, so it's one of those interesting ones. I guess it's one of those ones where you kind of feel like, oh, I should really learn the language, you know. How do I pass on this language if I can't speak it well? I 
think that was my thing. Like, I would love to pass this on if I have kids and I how am I supposed to pass it on? I understand it, but I can't pass on understanding a language. <laughs> you know? I can only pass on speaking it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't pass on understanding. Girl, we could have knowledge. We wouldn't need a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, But you know what wouldn't take you a lifetime? That. Using that voice. Okay, so. <laughs> um, have there been any challenges that you faced along the way? Um, just like in your life, as you've been trying to figure things out, working, traveling, having free time instead of having to study for your master's? Hmm. Any, who? Let me see. So the question was any troubles, challenges, or any challenges? Yeah, troubles. Yeah. Any troubles or challenges I've had my way. Oh, this is an interesting question. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I clearly have. Um, I don't think anyone hasn't gone through any challenges in life. I'm just trying to think. Um, Come on, God took everything away, and now it's just me and the Lord walking hand in hand every day. You don't no, have to. because definitely, we definitely still have, um, even, even as Christians, I, you, you have issues. You, not issues, but you still. Those, those yeah, too. like, yeah, no, weird. no, I know. <laughs> no, I guess your challenges um, are the winter that comes every single year, and that train you got to battle what five days a week. <laughs> no, these these are challenges. I'm being serious. No, they because they are not in harmony with who you are as a human being. So they absolutely are. That I'm not being rude um, about. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think challenges in my life. I would say. Hmm. Okay, one that I can think of is, weirdly enough, is you university. Just university in general. <laughs> Not that it was a challenge, but I... Okay, I know I'm not the only one who feels, because I've heard it before, but I feel like university was, like, some people are kind of like, oh my gosh, I loved my undergrad experience, it was amazing. If you were to ask me, I would just be like, yeah, it was okay, it was, I went to uni, I went to university, and I did my degree, like, um, I know that's a challenge, but, I don't know how to explain this, I don't think I enjoyed my undergrad experience as much as other people, um, enjoyed it or seemed to enjoy it and this could have been for multiple reasons um multiple multiple reasons I mean my university was fine um but sometimes I wish I can't I don't like saying wish because I believe my university experience was what was okay but a more multicultural university so I went to um Oxford Brooks in Oxford 
and Oxford is not I personally don't think it's very diversity um, it's not like um, London it absolutely is not <laughs> <laughs> London is a very diversity Oxford is not and I guess I don't think I realised it at the time when I was there like at the time when I was there so every university in the UK has an ACS an Afro-Caribbean society well they're supposed to, well they do my university did had a non-existent one um, it was I don't know, it was a very interesting experience. It was not diverse. I remember being in my course and having people in my classes talking about how their dad, I remember they had a year out and their dad paid for it or they had a horse. And I just, I just didn't come from that background. Like you had a horse, like I don't think I've ever properly been in front of, like, like they have, you have a horse. Like, it was, I don't know, like, like I just didn't come from that um, so I think I found it a bit difficult to build relationships with people in my course um, and stuff like that because we just had different how do I explain this different I don't want to say upbringings because you can get on with people with different upbringings um, it's like views on life or yeah and it was it was just so interesting like people would be like yeah you know my I don't even know my something something this is happening I'd be like oh really that's so interesting but I had nothing to give to you because I've I've never experienced like I don't have a horse I've never ridden a horse I can't give I can't I don't know (laughs) it's like not relatable yeah it was very interesting because I for example in my course I want to say my specific degree, so I did business marketing. Let's just say there's about 100 plus people on my specific course. I feel like there was like three three of us that were, there was two black people and one Asian. And then everyone else. And I just, I don't know, I just, it's so funny because whenever I look back on it, I probably would have chosen a more multicultural university. And it's funny because my sister she always said that she specifically chose the university she went to because it was diverse. So we had to, we have completely different completely different um, university experiences. She mm-hmm. went to a very diverse um, uni, whereas I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say it's a challenge, but I navigating that um, arena was a very interesting experience for me in life. <laughs> So, I think it's interesting that you bring that up when I ask about challenges. <laughs> Ma'am, I don't... It, uh, you just do this thing where it's like, I want to talk about this, but I'm not complaining because I'm grateful for everything that's happened in my life. Which is a great outlook to have, but it also doesn't speak to the very real experience that you had going through it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, okay. I've been a black person in white spaces and I know what it's like not to relate to people Mm-mm. and how that's made me feel. It's just like, oh my God, am I poor? <laughs> am I <laughs> on the same level as these people? These people have had yeah. a lot of advantage over me, maybe like extra classes or like, I don't know, people to do their homework for them. I don't know what they, <laughs> what they experience. Yes. But it's just like uh, the things that 
would have gone through my head at the time of experiencing those things would have seared something into me because that's how trauma works, right? Because it's a bit traumatic, right? Being Mm -hmm. thrown into a situation that you're not used to and then you having to do the emotional and mental work of like working through that and healing from that. It's just like what you did with Korea. It's just like, okay, this is not about me. She's never seen someone like me before. I get a seat. I'm not going to allow this person's impression of me to inform how I travel or inform yeah. my experience here because you still talk about Korea like highly. You said you would have even maybe have done another year there. Um, yeah. Um, so- yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. In terms of, yeah, so in terms of Korea, I definitely would. I speak very highly of Korea, but I really, that's because I, I, for Korea, my positive experiences outweighed my negative experiences, and I feel like that's just, I guess that's how I look at things sometimes, like, yeah, I had, I did have negative experiences, and I, oh, I always do try to tell people, like, if you go, just expect X, Y, and Z, but overall, the overall arching, I did have a really good, good time, and people did treat me well, um, in terms of university, yeah, university. Uh, yeah, I guess I understand what you're saying. Mm. Um, because I, I, it was kind of diff. It was difficult to navigate. Um, and I guess at the time, I don't think I realized it. Um, that that was what I was experiencing. I just kind of was like, well, um, I'm here to studying. <laughs> yeah. Might as well get. <laughs> might as well get on. That is very British. You might as well get on with it. This <laughs> yeah. is what I'm in now. So. Yeah, so I think that's exactly the attitude. I think that's just my. I think that's my general attitude, and I do. I do try to have like a. I do try to see things in a positive light, but I do. I do understand like just having that real, um, realistic aspect because it's not just me that would have gone through that, or is there people currently probably still going? Yes, that's the point. Through. It's 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 not that you can't have a lesson or a great takeaway from the experience but it is being real if i can use that word about the Mm -hmm. the experience because these these things exist like these uh how we interact with one another and the things that go through our minds when we are like well why did they say that to me and like well what did they mean by that and like well why do Mm -hmm. i act like this when i'm around them or I'm around them and like I just genuinely like don't even know what to say like I can't even (laughs) I can't even like make myself come up with some type of conversation because like they're just so different (laughs) yeah like that type of stuff agreed but I guess I guess eventually I guess because at uni so although on my class I didn't really that I knew I made quite good friends with the other um people who were also i guess ethnic so i had a friend who was indian and we got on really well um you know at class i i kind of did i had like a small friendship group where we were all we were all black um we were all in different courses i don't even know how we even formed this small group i don't know how i actually don't know how but um <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. But um 
I guess that I to be fair I think that really helped me actually so although I was experiencing that in my classes um I actually had a group outside of those classes where I would kind of I was we could talk and I got on well with them mm-hmm. and I come to think of it if I didn't have that group I don't know how I would have actually navigated this my uni experience because the group was actually really helpful um so yeah I guess maybe that's why I talk about it in the way I do because of that so I shouldn't leave that part out that's an important part <laughs> absolutely that um a lot of people are not able to find that. That could be in the in the workplace. That could be anywhere. Um, yes. Yeah, that could be anywhere. So being able to figure out ways to navigate that. So it seems like you found, however, maybe they were experiencing the same things that you were, or maybe they just like being around cool people. But <laughs> uh, all the minorities of black people found each other. And y'all helped each other through those times okay yeah um do you have any self-care practices that you would like to share with us um so for self-care i would say i love to get a manicure and pedicure (laughs) to me this is self-care i love going to get my nails and feet done um once in a while i i do love a massage (laughs) This is all treatments. I love a massage. Um, I've even been looking for a hot stone massage recently. I, I really want to go for one. Um, another one I would say is just blocking out time. Um, so, yeah, blocking out time, that is where you're not actually actually doing something. It says busy in your calendar, but it's actually just to relax, rest, just just to chill and I do that a lot actually so for example someone might ask me what are you doing this Saturday and I'd be like I'm busy but really I don't have <laughs> anything well I shouldn't say I don't have anything to do I do it's a day where I've taken to relax that's my my day yeah. you know um and if someone was to ask me what you're doing I would actually tell you I just need to, some time for myself so I've taken this day as that um and I'm not really shy. I'm not shy of saying that to people. But I think it's because I understand myself and I know that I actually do need that. And I feel like people shouldn't be... Because I think some people be like, but you're not even doing anything on that day. You're not even doing anything. Yes, yes, I am. I am. You know? So. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I am. <laughs> I yes. love it. Yes. Yeah, I think it's really important. Like, yeah. um, What else do I do for self-care? Thing. Taking care of myself. <laughs> um, this might this might seem like really simple things, but just like cleaning up my room or trying to tidy up. Um, I think those are the main things I do. Um. I mean, actively do to take care of myself. 
Um, trying to think. Yeah, those are the main things I do. Um, really. So I I generally take myself to get manicure and pedicures and stuff like that. Me time. Yeah. Those are those are the main my main self care practices. Um, I also try. I try. Although I feel it can really be hard as a blogger, but I try to. Um, so I know I one is coming up for me, but I try to take a break sometimes from social media. It doesn't have to be a long break. I might even be like, today I am not on Instagram. Or say I'm not on Twitter. Um, and I feel like that is self-care. <laughs> um, personally. Because it can get social media can get a lot. Um, Absolutely. So I do really try. And I know one is coming up for me. I already know. I've, I'm trying to plan it. Um, and I'm thinking about taking a week. So, yeah. Those are my... What I do right now. That's what I do. Do you find any of those practices particularly grounding? Hmm. Grounding. When you say grounding, what do you mean? It's like brings you back to yourself. Like, for example, like prayer might be that for you. You say if you're too busy to pray, pray, then, you know, you have way too much going on. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Um, defo. Okay, yeah, prayer, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah definitely um so every so for example i have a so daily i have i would say a quiet time um in the mornings where i would pray read my bible um basically spend time with the lord um and yes th- that time that i spend is grounding it basically refocuses me um, to kind of know what um, I should generally be focusing on and what isn't important and what is important. Um, yeah, so, yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Do you have any song lyrics or poem that speaks to you these days? Um... Funny enough, I'm, I can't really say I'm a poetry person. I do appreciate poetry, but I'm not a poetry, poetry person. But um, there's a song that I've been listening to today, yesterday, the day before. Um, it's a Christian song, but it's actually an Af- um, like a, it's a Nigerian song. But it's not from my tribe, it's from the oh gosh I don't want to say the tribe name wrong but the Urobo tribe and it's, the song's called Ogenedo and it basically just says thank you lord um and that, that that's, those are lyrics like thank you lord um and I would say I've been listening to that song quite a bit but I just I aside from the actual song lyrics and the melody just how the song goes I love the song but I just kind of yeah I just really brings me back to just a place of being thankful so um the lyrics the lyrics um the beginning of the lyrics basically say um i basically don't have the words to describe this is me paraphrasing but how thankful i am um i can't 
explain inside how thankful I am, basically. And then the song goes on to say, um, yeah, Ogenedo. It basically says Ogenedo. So it's thank you, Lord. And for me, the song just speaks to me. Like, if I'm... Yeah, no. The song... That song speaks to me, just to be to be thankful. And I am very thankful. Um, as much as, like, I have our times and etc. I'm just... I, I am genuinely very thankful <laughs> to God. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess the, the lyrics are, when I think of all you've done for me, mere words are not enough to express how I feel inside. That's the intro bit. And then, again, I do, thank you, Lord. Um, for me, that's a song that's been speaking to me. Um, it, yeah, it really puts me in a place of um, thankfulness. Yeah, gratitude is, like, so important to a lot of people's, like, daily yeah practices um when you do travel is there any particular way you like to explore a place um a way i like to explore the place Ooh. so i like to do um i'm a tourist i yeah, so I like to do all, I like to do like the main landmarks a lot, and then I'll kind of see places where locals have recommended. Um, I also like to find some really great food spots. Um, in terms of how I travel, um, I don't like to be rushed. <laughs> um, I don't think many people do, but I don't like to be like rushed, like I've got to do this and I've got to do that. But I also don't like being too slow so i don't know what to call that um (laughs) (laughs) yeah um in between i guess uh speed if that's what we're gonna call it but yes i don't like being rushed oh my gosh i've got to do all of this today which is why i actually prefer longer trips to some extent it does depend on where i'm going if i'm going to a city where there's not a lot to do a shorter trip is fine but um, if there's a lot to do, um, I would prefer to stay a bit longer. Um, unless I feel like, oh, I'll probably come back here next year or something. Then I'll be like, oh, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I don't like things too fast, but I also don't like things too slow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So like a nice moderate place, but you like to... Yeah. You don't really rest yeah. a whole lot on your travels. You like to kind of get around and see what's out Um, there to be honest i'll say i'm a mixture actually so i like doing activities i like doing activities but um i would like i do like to add like a rest day Mm -hmm. or so um to my trip or like a rest morning (laughs) or so like just to balance it out but again it depends where on where i am Mm -hmm. um if I'm in like a beach city, then I would definitely take a rest day to kind of be by the beach. But if I'm in like just a general city, doesn't have much of that, then I'm doing activities probably a lot of the time. Okay. Yeah. Something I like to ask guests is how can listeners support your work? Okay, it's a good question. So you can support me at... Uh, 
www.sarahtoyan.com. You can, you know, check out the blog post. Um, you can sign up to the mailing list for a solo travel checklist. Or if you're interested in teaching in Korea, a, a teach in Korea checklist. You can also follow me on Instagram <laughs> um, and Twitter um, on at Hey Sarah Toyan. Yeah, just follow, keep up um, with with what I'm doing. Um, if you find it valuable and interesting, um, I always say this. I'm literally like, only follow me if you actually find me valuable and useful. So yeah, that's where that's how you can support me. Um, just by following and engaging and checking out what I'm doing. All right. Well, thank you very much, Sarah, for your time and thank you. for opening up. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I really appreciate you coming on the show. So we will talk to you very soon. And I will put the links to your Instagram and your website on the show notes. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I hope you have a great evening. I think it's night where you are. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Oh, well, I hope you have a nice day. Wait, you are where? Yes, day. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I had to wake up extra early today. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I am fine. I will live. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it was just uh, the time difference was hard to yeah. find. But I'm so glad that we made this work. Yes. I can't wait for people to hear this episode. Yeah, me too. Will you take good care of yourself and I will see you me in too. the streets. Yes, enjoy your day. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Bye.